Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 Overload. I am Peter, that is Matt, and we talk about movies on this show. And this is our monthly movie show overload. This is a, we do once a month, and it is one that is voted for by our patrons. Every month, Matt picks a movie he loves, I pick a movie I love. We put them to a vote on patreon.com slash TV, and our patrons uh, decide which one we're going to end up doing. Uh, and sometimes our, our differences in taste will clash, and sometimes they will not. It just kind of depends on what happens. Last, was it last month? Yeah, last month. We yeah, had last that. time. Last month we had a, a very pleasing one where we both liked the movie. Uh, we'll see how this one works out. But this, this month's movie ended up being the winner of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is the first in the Channel Book Park Vengeance trilogy from Korea. And uh, this was my pick. I won after a streak of like three Matt wins in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. I finally got a victory, uh, which I am pleased dearly by. So that is what we're going to talk about. We'll start spoiler-free, as we, as we always do. And we'll give you a warning before we dive into spoilers. So... Uh, what is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is a film about a deaf man and his sister. His sister is sick. He cannot afford to pay for her hospital bills. Uh, she's needing a kidney transplant. And he comes into some bad luck, which we'll, we'll save for spoiler talk. But ultimately, uh, his girlfriend convinces him to kidnap the child of a, of a relatively rich person. Uh, his boss, in fact. His, his boss. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have no real ill intentions, but things kind of go wrong. Things things go down a dark path, and ultimately there is a cycle of vengeance that happens uh, from multiple points of view. Uh, and the film kind of jumps between two protagonists. The the, the boss character mm-hmm. is also kind of the other main character who is largely kind of like, you see glimpses of him for the first like half, and then he becomes more of a main character in the second half. It kind of does this mm-hmm. thing where it flips between them, um, and that's kind of the movie. Uh, and I think a lot of the plot later on is definitely very spoilery, so I think we'll be avoiding plot until we get to spoilers. Mm-hmm. But that is what I'll tell you for spoiler-free. And uh, I'm going to ask the question that I always ask after giving the, the brief premise. Matt, well, mm-hmm. in this show I don't always ask it, because in this show if you, it's the one you picked and there's no point in asking it, but <laughs> in this case I'll yeah. ask it. Matt. But, but I always, in case there's a time you do win, I do ask you, yeah. just you know, for clarity, yeah. you know. But, in this case, Matt, did you enjoy Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? Not really. (laughs) You know, Asian cinema is a blind spot of mine. I haven't seen a lot of it. You know, I've seen classics from, like, Kurosawa. uh, And I'd seen Old Boy, who this is the same director. And, you know, so, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot to base it off of. But, just as as a movie as a thriller i am a fan of thrillers there's a lot that didn't work for me Hmm. so uh the story though i I do enjoy the story and what it says it was just the execution of said story wasn't my kind of thing it had it's definitely got a a unique quirkiness to it there's definitely things that happen uh we'll say a left field that i i think it's partly why I love it. I actually, it's one of the things that I love about, uh, and I think I'd attribute this to specific, I mean, other countries have cinema like this too, but I feel like this is something I really think of when I think of Korean cinema, uh, is the ability to have like a super serious dark movie, and this is a super serious dark movie, this goes dark places, and yet somehow it manages to have this kind of quirky sense of humour almost the entire time. Like, yeah, and, and so, but I feel like I've seen other movies that have done it well, 
So, like, mm. I saw the devil. I feel like that gets slapsticky in parts. <laughs> you know? It, it does. Uh, it does. So, uh, you know, and so I can appreciate a good dark comedy moment in, in an otherwise kind of... This wasn't bleak, but I don't have a better word. You know, it's just everything is going bad for everybody as this movie goes on, and it's no, it's a, it's a it's a tragedy. I mean, that's the quick yeah. way, of, quick way of saying you know, it. And, it's, a, it's, a, it's an outright tragedy. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I love it. I picked it. Uh, I, I I think um, uh, obviously I enjoy the plot, but I actually think the execution of the, the the plot is what actually makes it for me. It's the it's the way scenes. There's, there's very little music. When there is music, mm-hmm. it's typically source music. It's deliberate in the scene. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think there's like one moment of proper score music towards the end. But other than that, uh, you, I feel like the absurdity of all the moments is really portrayed. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the, the way it's shot. Is that you you sit in the awkward scene, and you kind of let the just the outrageous nature kind of like soak in for, for, for not for just for you but for the characters, and you're just yeah. kind of sitting there and like. Wait, this is really happening. What's what's going on? And you kind of you've kind of like just in it like that. Um, it's kind of kind of in the same way that. Um, this is a weird thing to compare it to, but you know how like the office the whole shtick, you know, the the TV show The Office was. Oh, it's not just comedy in the classic sense. It's comedy in the sense of, uh, like. Michael Scott will say something really inappropriate, and everyone in the room will be sitting there awkwardly. But that's kind of what makes it funny. It's yeah, kind of this... it's cringe-based comedy. Yeah, well, this yeah. isn't quite that because it's not a comedy, even though there is no. quirky, funny elements. But it's kind of that, but in, for a thriller where you're sitting there, and some of the moments are just downright. It's, it's like it embraces the absurdity of uh, the the extreme sort of revenge and the plot that the corner. In fact, even the same way that um, the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, that's got a very famous episode uh, called The Body, uh, and I wouldn't spoil things uh, for anyone who's not got there, but I will say it deals with death, that episode, but it actually, it deals with death in a very realistic way where it focuses on the boredom of death, <laughs> where after someone dies, there's a, there's a lot of boredom of waiting around in hospitals or waiting around for information or waiting around to see what you can do next. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this is again, it kinda of does that, but for this really weird, bizarre revenge story where it's like let's focus on the absurd situations that these characters mm-hmm. are getting into and feel the awkwardness of it and feel the the uh the, the mix of that but also the, the extreme kinda uh loneliness and desolate. Because I, I think another big part of this movie is alienation. Like, obviously yeah. the main character being dead. Yeah, that's that's probably a better word than bleak. It has a sense of alienation and mm. solitude to it yeah. uh, amongst all the characters not even you know not one in particular it, it, it spreads you know throughout but yeah, yeah they're, all, they're all alienated for different reasons as well and I think the other thing I like about it um, is just this, it's got that really simple I mean before you start analysing before you start looking into like the, the, the deeper things that are going on it is a very simple tale of violence begets violence. Revenge just begets more revenge. It's, it's, it's a vicious cycle that just kind of keeps spilling and escalating. And I think... Um, it, it's, so some people will watch this... You'll have your prudish people who will watch this go, Oh, this is this is absurdly dark for the sake of being dark. Or this is doing horrible things. Um, I, I once showed this to a friend who got really uncomfortable and had to leave the room at one point. Um uh, which to me, did. which to me is a sign of success, because to me that's like that's making that's making people yeah. feel things. That's that's working. Well, as I, I bring up anytime I can talk about old, old boy, that movie still makes me feel like I will never watch that movie again because I still remember the visceral reaction of of things during that movie. You know, 
Uh, I've seen so, Old Boy many a time. <laughs> I love Old Boy. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so I, I get that, and I understand watching stuff. I just I wish, you know, the it's called a thriller, and that to me I, I associate with like a thrill ride. You know, I'm, I'm a big roller coaster rider, and that comes from a lot of for me. You want ups and downs and twists and turns, and while I felt like there was a lot of twists and turns here. The ups and downs, it was kind of flat for me, you know, so... I mean, I think that's kind of a weird criticism to me because I feel like you're, you're, you're criticising the people who are labelling it with a genre rather than what the movie's doing on its own, if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, but, you know, I, I go in thinking, like, I know this director's, you know, what he's worked on. You know, I'm familiar with some of his work, you know, so I go in expecting, and, it, you know, the movie just kind of happens, I mean, the first hour, I, I felt like, okay, well, when's stuff going to get going? You know, like, so, and then it's really the second hour that it really becomes that kind of thriller that moves and stuff's happening more than, you know, sitting around with the characters and, and seeing their daily life. Well, it's just funny because I actually think the, the, the first hour is uh, just as riveting, but just in different ways because I, I, I feel like... The uh, again talking about the absurdity and like kind of like being in these weird situations. I think the first half is kind of like because obviously once you get to the second half, everything keeps escalating. Everything kind of like yeah. has a knock-on effect from what's happened before. And I, I what I like about the first half is that it's it takes it takes the character of Ryu, the the, the deaf uh, you know guy mm-hmm. who's trying to like get get a kidney for his sister, and it takes him and it's like. It makes you like him. It makes you sympathise with him, and yeah. you, you you don't think of him as an evil person. So anything that he does later on that obviously seems evil to other characters, you actually kind of like you understand where he's. Even though you don't necessarily agree with what he's done, and you don't necessarily think yeah. that you would ever do the same thing in that situation. Mm. Um, it gives you this this you know this personal escalation for him, where he's almost not even like he's almost convinced into doing things from other people at certain points yeah. he's he's kind of along for the ride and then before it's too late he realises oh crap I've done all this stuff and I can't take it back and it's like this big like you know because a, a big part of the again going back to the violence begets violence is that he does kind of initiate something and even then he's kind of motivated by someone else's horrible act that happens to him early mm-hmm. on uh, which is also uh, a sort of really darkly funny kind of kind of moment in its own way but the, the first half it kind of deals with that not realising you're doing something really awful until it's too late kind of thing because you, you can kind of see it going down the cliff you can just kind of see it teetering at the edge and he's like he's yeah. blissfully unaware which is a big part of his character because and I, I, him being deaf plays into that where he's, he's unaware of his surroundings and it's kind of a metaphor for the fact that he's not really paying attention to it he's not a bad guy He's, he's, you know, he, no, he, there's a scene early on where he, he helps this, this sort of this homeless guy who keeps who sits with his uh, right. his pants down, and he, he, he goes up yeah. and helps him and puts him on, and you see that he cares. He cares about his sister, um, but he's so. Well, it's it's that old cliche of the the path to hell is paved on good intentions. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so you know, and that that's his exact thing because I don't I don't ever identify him as the bad guy. Like there oh, are no. characters in this movie. That definitely are the bad guys. And, and, yeah, and the funny thing is, is up until a certain point, is you think the uh, his boss who he kidnaps the, the girl from, you kind of see him as the bad guy in the first half of the movie, until things shift. Yeah. You know, you know, very. What's the word I'm looking for? 
dramatically, dramatically shift. That's what I was looking for. Um, but like things shift so much, and then you're on his side, you're on his sympathy. Hence the the title, sympathy for Mister Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect title in a lot of ways. Like you can't fault yeah. it. Although I do, I, you know, I, I did a little research, and the original title translates to "Vengeance is Mine." Really, but I kind of like yeah. that too. Yeah, so I mean, both titles work, uh, but that one because that could be literally talking about any one of the characters. I think I like "Sympathy" more just because it sounds more unique. Like, I think "Vengeance is Mine" sounds like you know any vengeance movie, any revenge movie could yeah, be true, called that. True. Uh, whereas "Sympathy for Mister Vengeance," I feel like. It really, because it very much is a movie of two characters and they're, they're sort of dead set against each other, but you completely understand each point's of view. You understand why each one like is the way they are and why they need to do what they're doing. Um, even if you think that sometimes the choices made are stupid or the choices made are, I don't want to say immature, but, uh, you know, rash. They're Misguided. Not, they're not yeah. thinking things through. They're not doing this. They're acting purely on their emotions. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things, like just the... The, the shock of certain events through, I think the, the emotion of like certain tragedies uh, is played extremely well. Uh, and again, you have that feeling where you're just, the, the, the cart is teetering over the cliff. And there is a point about halfway through where it goes flying off the cliff and you mm-hmm. know there's going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost just this, this gut-wrenching thing for the rest of the movie of like these consequences playing out. And like, oh, where does this go? And again, it, it plays it very well where you have sympathy for both sides. And I, I think that's, uh, first and foremost, what I love about it. There's a lot of uh, simple little touches and there's some good directing tricks in there that I really like as well. But that's, uh, uh, and yeah, so. And again, go, going back to the alienated thing, uh, Ryu, uh, beyond, beyond being deaf, and not that the people don't dye their hair, or this isn't common, but he has yeah. green hair. He has bright green hair. Uh, yeah, and in crowd scenes, he really sticks out. Yeah, you know? he, he, he is, uh, he is... What's the word I'm looking for? He, he yeah, he, he sticks out basically. This is is, <laughs> is the way to put it. But um, so so no, uh, but I, I, love, I love it a lot. And there are, there's like there's not a whole lot of violence, but when the violence does kick in, it is beautifully. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is beautifully visceral. Yeah, that's Chenwick Park, the director. Like that's what I always associate yeah. with him. Is that so? Uh, you know, he yeah. knows how to shoot a visceral, you, you, bloody. You'll, you'll go ninety event. minutes without any violence, and then there'll be so much blood in one scene that it's made up for the entire film. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. that's basically Easy. what happens. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what happens. Uh, you know, so I think everything has impact, and uh, and we've, we've come back to this before. But you you're not liking like uh, bad feelings, uh, and I love bad feelings in movies because yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I mean, it's not necessarily that because again, I, I familiar with the director, the the title kind of primes you for that. You like, yeah, you weren't going to think oh, this is going to be a feel good movie. I'm going to be yeah, no, you know. But again, I, I think I can deal with it if I can get into the story where I just for me. To, I need to be constantly engaged in, in stuff, and my mentality is I, I like it to move. And that's not necessarily, you know, I don't think I'm right in that. That's just how I well, process it. Again, going back to why I love it, is I, I love that it doesn't move quick. I love right. that it does sit in the scenes and lets the, the, the moments play out quietly. For me, that that's what builds a lot of the atmosphere. For me, it's what builds a lot of the... What makes it the movie? What makes it simply for Mister Vengeance is, is that is that that mood and tone and uh, 
uh, pacing where you know it'll sit back in a wide shot and let the absurd thing happen and it feels almost more absurd because it's not quickly cutting and you can just see it happening in the world so much like Ryu being the green haired guy who sticks out in a sea of other people uh, like you see the absurd thing happen and I just otherwise still frame of just all you know you know when the big thing goes down we're at like a lake it's this very tranquil lake but there's just this one absurd dark element happening in a small part of the frame and it's just it's that kind of that uh, contrast that really like plays it for me but uh, with that I think we'll, we'll give the spoiler warning uh, since, since we've uh, danced around things quite a bit uh, so full spoilers with Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance if you've not seen it or you yeah you, or you don't care or you, if, you, if you care about spoilers of course uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit tired by the way if, if I'm <laughs> if, if I'm searching for my words um, a bit more often more than often I'm a little yeah. bit tired so if, just, if you ever just start wandering I'll just poke you with the stick and uh, yeah and guide you back. Uh, there's stick poking in this, actually. There's a, there's a, there's a there is. Some there's stick plenty of stick poking. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I love how kind of absurd the plot is. Uh, basically, Ryu's sister is a kidney. Uh, she's very, very sick. Uh, there's even... Again, going back to the quirky humour, uh, she, she's like on the floor in pain, and she's like sort of moaning out in pain. She's like, you know, oh, and she's in pain. Yeah. And there's four guys who live next door who think this these are sex noises so the camera like goes through the wall at one point and all four guys are up against the wall masturbating but the part about i mean that's absurd enough as it is that four guys are in a row masturbating well, but my favorite part uh-huh. my favorite part is that one of them has like a, a, a picture of a naked lady taped to the back of one of his friends heads so he can yeah. look at the naked lady while he's masturbating because they're in a row like they didn't like go to different parts of the room to do this <laughs> no, no, they no, are no. But no, they're some like of them, in a train. Some of them have like their hands on another person's shoulder in front of them. Yeah. It is like the most bizarre masturbation scene yeah. I have because seen. Because you're set up for that early on when, when Ryu explains that it's their parents' house and it's an old house. You know, mm. the walls are thin. So they kind of, you know, but for him it doesn't matter because he's deaf. You know, that that's not going to bother him. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Like for him it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so. And then you get into that scene and I was just like oh okay that that's what's gonna happen all right yeah, well it gives you the contrast it's kind of setting up what the, the tone shifts are going to be during the movie and then I just said you're out during or throughout pick your word but you're out yeah you're out uh, I thought you said throughout so uh that's just you know it's fine I wasn't gonna let myself away with that I thought you know what no I'm pointing that out that was there you that, go. that was a mash of words uh so he's fired from work right and well, he's laid off like the whole oh sure yeah his whole division is oh yeah he's, is he's not fired because he did something bad he's just they're, they're having right. layoffs and they, they, they cut a bunch yeah. of people um but he's got just the, the money saved up for, for the operation and then he's told that it'll probably take a long time for this kidney so he goes he actually sees a, a flyer for basically a black market kind of like kidney job where he insists on going and getting his kidney taken out, even though we're told it's incompatible in another scene. Well, yeah, I, I took that, though, as he was trading his kidney for one that would match. Oh, sure, yeah. Because, because the doctor told him he needs, you know, to be blood type B. Yeah. Like, he stresses that, you know. So I thought he goes in here thinking, oh, one of mine for one of theirs, and everything will be good. Yeah, because he's, he's... But of course. They, they pick him up, they take him to a location that's far away, and he, he pays them the, the money, and... 
Then he wakes up with naked with his he's, he's stitched up. So his, his kidney's been removed, but he's been left there naked on his own. Everyone's abandoned him, and they've basically stolen his kidney and his money and and ran for yeah. it. And then almost directly after that, I mean, we get this really absurd scene where he's on the side of the road trying to hitchhike, but he's butt naked. Oh. And not that it really makes a difference, I think, because. He, I don't think I'd be more likely to pick up someone that doesn't have green yeah. hair, but the green hair just really makes it that bit more absurd that there's a naked man with green hair at the side of the road yeah. uh, trying to hitchhike. Uh, but he um, almost immediately we get a scene at the doctor's where the doctor's like, oh, funny enough, this is like the luckiest thing ever, but we do actually have a donor. We never get one this quick. Yeah. And you've got you've got the money in your account. Everything's good. And he, he looks like, miserable, and the doctor's like, oh, yeah. you should be happy now. Why are you not happy? Yeah. Uh, well, and it's the way that the doctor talks to him as if he's dumb, like, and not in the mute sense. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. talking super loud and super deliberate, and, yeah, so... But that, that's, that's the... But again, obviously, he's sitting there. He, he he's, he's basically not reacting because he's in shock, yeah. and he knows he's just screwed everything yeah. up. Uh, and again, it cuts immediately to his girlfriend beating him up for it. She's like, yeah. very comically, I mean, she's just like, she's kicking yeah. him on the bed. You know, that money could have saved your sister. It's very, yeah. very funny stuff. And again, a very really tragic way, but it's like, oh crap! So what are they going to do? And it's actually the girlfriend who talks him into like, cause she, she mm-hmm. just starts saying, "Oh, we should do this, and we can do this, and uh, like, you know, kidnapping. You know, everyone thinks kidnapping's bad, but that's because all the ones you hear about are well, the kid dies. We're not going to do that. We're nice. We're just going to do. You know, yeah, it'll be like a fun weekend, and you know, yeah. and and we're actually doing them a favor because we're taking the kid for for the weekend and yeah. you know it, and it's for a good cause so it's really not a crime and this is how she's selling it to him which I thought that was again you talk about the absurdity just that entire argument that cracked me yeah. up um and you know, they stake out the kid a little bit and they even see like another disgruntled worker who's mad that he, or upset mm-hmm. that he was uh, laid off um, yeah basically try and plead for his job back to the point where he starts cutting himself uh, in yeah. front of him. He, sort of like, he intentionally sort of gets hit by the car when it's moving slowly <laughs> and then gets up and he's got a knife and uh, one of the little thematic points is that um, uh, the boss character, uh, Dong Jin, he, he gets like his hand sliced. He's trying to like take the knife off of yeah. him, uh, obviously for obvious reasons, and he gets his hand sliced like down, down his hand. Uh, yeah. Which is is there because it's relevant at the end of the movie because he get, he gets sliced again and I think yeah. there's, a, there's a thematic point that's made with that. Yeah. But he um, so I sets up the idea and like and this actually makes Ryu kind of nervous. He's like, hey, like and obviously all, all insane language. Uh, he's like, hey, that's I'm like the obvious person to do this. I got laid off. They're gonna like call me into question me like first. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, fine. Don't don't uh, don't yourself with it, Ryu. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically her attitude. But they kind of because, and one of the interesting things I think this movie does is that it doesn't necessarily feel the need to explain um, certain things at various points. It's like it's a movie, except that they've kidnapped her. It just kind of cuts because it, it, it cuts to like um, Ryu and his girlfriend, kind of like you know they're, they're they're singing songs and like skipping or whatever, and then the kid comes into frame and she's also yeah. there. It's like oh shit, they've done it. They've actually went and done it. Yeah. Um, and it's like you don't necessarily need to see the and that's something they could have done like the, the choice could have been made oh let's have a 10 sequence of them actually getting the girl yeah I mean but it's not a caper like that's not yeah. the point of this movie like yeah had this been you know a heist style and it's all about the, the kidnapping but at the end of the day it's 
Uh, it kind of is about the kidnapping, but it's not, if that makes sense. Like, it's about the fallout from the kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, it's not about the, the, the actual act of the kidnapping. Cause it, yeah. Because they actually just trick the girl. They basically just say, oh, we're, we're, yeah. we're keeping you over the weekend because your dad's busy. There's, you know, they, they, yeah. they lie to her. We're babysitting. Uh, yeah, because this, this, yeah. she spends her time watching cartoons and uh, yeah. drawing and mm-hmm. stuff. It's not like she's uh, being held in a room no, like, and chains. Not, again, there's no bag over her head. They're not being mean to her. It's... It's actually the most compassionate kidnapping I've ever seen on film. In fact, uh, to get a good photograph to send the dad for the for the oh. ransom demand, he has to intentionally try and make her cry because she looks too happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he asked, he, 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 offer, he makes her this necklace and then offers it to her and then says, no, 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 you, don't, you can't have that. And that makes her cry. And then he runs around the room with a, a, a Polaroid camera trying to like, snap a photo while she's crying. Which yeah. is, again, the most absurd thing ever, like, the most absurd task yeah. is him running around the room trying to get a photo of her crying. But he eventually does, and then he makes her happy again by giving them the necklace back. Uh, right, but because kids are simple. I mean, that's it. They are simple. Kids are very yeah. simple. <laughs> uh, so, but no, so that's, that's the whole thing. But basically, uh, the sister is also lied to. The sister thinks that the kids are staying because uh, oh, it's a, it's a friend. But she ends up finding um, the like uh, his layoff slip basically uh, yep. for, for his like severance pay. And she phones his work and finds out about what's happening and realises that the, the kid's been kidnapped. And basically the ransom drop's going all off and the, the dad's come, he's paying the money and they've left him tied up. But I actually really like the scene where Ryu comes home and he's super happy because despite the fact, despite the way he's gotten the money, you can't help yeah. but be happy for him that he's finally kind of pulled it off and he's got this successful Yeah, because money. he's going to save his sister. Like, this is it. He's got his money back and... yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the kid's not harmed. The kid's not been having a bad yeah. time. The kid's fine. So, <laughs> like, so. And we're about to reach the end of the movie, and it's a happy ending for everybody, right? <laughs> and I even like, because they even have this chemistry where they're fighting, because he changes the channel, because he comes yeah. in, and uh, the girl's watching some cartoons, and she's having some fun, and he changes the channel, like, I don't know, the sport, sports are on. He's, he's hockey or something. And uh, she, she, she kind of fights the remote out of him. And she actually sits on top of him. He's lying down on his back and just sits on his stomach and put, turns it back to cartoons. And then he, like, he crosses his, his feet, he crosses his legs, and she just yeah. kind of leans on his knees like that. And it's like really yeah. kind of adorable. It's like, oh, they actually has chemistry with the kid. It's fine. <laughs> almost because of Pixar movie. And yeah, yeah he, he almost does. He's, he's almost like the, or not Pixar, I'm thinking almost like Big Hero. He's Baymax almost to this yeah, kid. Yeah, 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 along those lines. <laughs> but... Uh, you're just kind of waiting. It's like this is too happy. Something bad has happened. Something bad is about to like see, shake. See, and that's where you go because you you like the bad feeling. Because I'm going. Well, it's not, it's not... Mr. Vengeance. Is he now? Now does he go and get vengeance on the guys that stole his kidney? Is that is that what where this is going? Which does happen. That's also a part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this is where I'm at at this point in the movie because we're at almost at the not quite the halfway point, but we're 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 coming up on that. So I yeah. know I know from just the runtime. You're right. Like it's not. Close to over. Oh yeah, so, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's not so much that I go to the dark place. It's more that this is just kind of like script writing one on one. It's the same in a TV show. Whenever two characters who are like in a relationship seem too happy, it's because so- something's about to break them up. Something bad yeah, is about to happen. Which then it, you know leaks into the real world where you think that everything's going great. You're waiting for the shooter drop. You know, yeah. like yeah. But it's, yeah. it's, it's just writing one on one because it's going to hit the hardest when everyone's happy, and. The, the kid pulls out a note and he looks at it and it's basically like, kidnapping's an awful thing. Please give her back immediately. This is my dying wish. 
and he runs up in panic and he goes in and she's, she's you know she's in the bath you know blood's everywhere she's dead uh and it's this really sad thing and he goes out to this place this lake to uh you know bury her in stones um uh, yep. and yeah do you know what i love i love that this is never like outright stated but it's kind of implied that this is probably a place they like to be as kids because at one point he mentions that yeah. he's not been here since he was a kid and he yep. remembers the water being over his head but it's actually really shallow for him mm-hmm. um which i actually i love that point because ultimately the, the the girl falls in the water and drowns because she can't swim and it's this beautiful right. shot where he's burying his sister and she's behind him screaming for help but he can't hear yep. it he can't he's hear because he's deaf yeah and again and that's it, rough that was whole, a rough watch and the whole thing is that he, he and this is obviously being deaf not his fault but it's, no. it's, it's standing in for the idea that he's so focused on his own needs and his, his own sister. things that he's oblivious yeah. to the rest of the world. He thinks he can get away with a kidnapping and have no consequences. And right. this is what's happening behind him. It is a, such a great shot. Uh, again, it's one of those great quiet moments where she's running on the little bridge thing going across the water. Yeah. And then it cuts to him and you don't see her anymore. It's just quiet. Yeah. And you, you, Where is she? And then eventually you see her just like, and this is what I was talking about. Where the entire the entire frame is this very serene, tranquil, beautiful nature setting. He's in the front of the the, the middle of the camera, middle of the the frame, like mourning his sister. It's this beautifully somber moment, very quiet, very peaceful, and you can just see her in the background waving her arms, like in the small part, yeah. just da- like you know, struggling and dying. And then it does a harsh cut to her just floating in the water, and it's like yeah. as, as she's dead, and it's too late. But by the time he realizes it's too late, I think scenes like this are handled so well and get across the uh, the the intended intended emotion. Uh, mm-hmm. For for me, it just it just it like this is the part of the movie where it starts to just like work completely and it's just starting to blow out the water. No pun intended. Um, yeah, I said, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, it's it's great, uh, and I think there's, there's obviously there's a, there's a um, a mentally disabled person who kind of shows up in the movie at this point. Uh, and it's, it's a very sort of random appearance, seemingly at first, but I think there's a lot of representation here because he he, he kind of as the as Ryu's burying his sister, and he, you know he's, he's one by one, he's not just shoveling rocks onto her. He one by one, he's placing rocks onto her yeah. body, and he's just kind of doing it slowly and you know very meaningfully. And th- th- this 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 disabled person comes up, and he's got this kind of stance where his hands always kind of like reached out, and he starts yeah. like awkwardly picking up. Uh, rocks and throwing them away and Ryu has to kind of scare him off to stop him from doing it yeah. and I kind of like the idea that Ryu's trying to cover up what he's done and right. again and, th- and this this person almost represents just no no matter how clean and neat you think it is the world's going to keep interfering and it's going to uncover what you've done well, it, yeah it's kind of like karma for yeah. lack of a better term it's it's you know the world will right itself you're not you know there's no free lunches in nature you know you're gonna have to pay for this because, I mean, right after this, it's the disabled person who goes over to the car and pokes the girl with a stick. And it freaks the, the girl out a bit. That she That's what makes her run out of the car and go onto the bridge. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of indirectly, in a way, causes the, the consequences as well. Yeah, because the disabled guy is trying to grab her necklace that he made for her. Yeah. You know, at, at that point, too. And, you know, had Ryu been able to, to hear or anything, this whole situation does, doesn't occur, right? Because... Had he not He's kidnapped a girl, this entire situation doesn't occur, which well, is kind well, of the point. <laughs> well, yeah, too. You know, but yeah. no, I'm just going in smaller steps. But he's he's responsible for for everything that happens. Like, there's no question about that. And the whole thing is beautiful. When when because there's that great moment because it, it cuts to like subtitles to what he's thinking because he can't say them out loud. 
or he can't have. It's almost like there's narration, but he can't speak. So they have like right. they have like just like you know text. The screen goes black, and it's just the big captions on the screen and nothing else. And he he he, he jumps in the water, and it's like ankle high. And that's when he says, "Oh, I've not been here since I was a, since I was a child." And there's an extra irony in that as well, of course. That this wasn't even enough to like kill him. This was only enough to. Right. This water's only high enough to kill a child. Right. Um, and there's just that extra tinge of like just dark irony there. Um, and you know he, he goes and gets the body, and it's like super. It's super sad. You 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 feel the tragedy mm-hmm. in the scene because he cares. He's he's, he's not. <laughs> he he. This does not hit him lately that he just like let this child die like he's like right obviously distraught by it uh, and this is where we actually shift the movie uh, we shift yep. the movie largely over to the father uh dong jin who he's with the police he's at the crime scene and again it's the, it's the quiet awkwardness of him standing there staring as they're like pulling their body out the water they're, they're yeah. doing these various things uh, the detective's asking is there anyone you've ever wronged uh and of course there's other elements as well of um like uh, like, like, in in small ways that things have like, because at at one point they again this is a, you know this is a little coincidental thematically, but it works really well. Is the detective's kid's actually sick, and yeah. the amount he needs to like give the kid the operation is the exact same amount that Ryu needed for his sister. And he's on the phone to his wife, and he's like, you know, I'm almost, I'm just almost, I'm, at least our kids are uh, not being kidnapped and murdered because you know like we're not rich. That's almost a lucky thing. We're poor, so no one comes after right. us. Um, and and again, kind kind of in the circumstantial way a little bit because Dong Jin doesn't ever seem that never seems like a bad guy necessarily. He's, yeah, he's just kind of the boss, and mm-hmm. he has to lay people off, and it seems very villainous. But he doesn't really seem to have much of a choice in it. You know, when the, when the guy comes to like with the knife earlier on, he's yeah. like, like sorry, I explained it to you at the time. Like that just has to happen. Like the, yeah. the, the company's well, it's failing. Yeah. It's not. It's not personal. It's just hey. This is what we need to do to recoup losses, and it goes on. He's but, very that business minded. Even but throughout, I, I think what it's doing though is that it's showing that much like Ryu being deaf and how that kind of affects various things, it's showing yeah. that almost by circumstance because of his position, it makes him this target. It makes him this person that people are going to uh, see as different. Again, that alienation. He's not just one of the regular people. He's one of the rich people. Therefore, they see him as someone to exploit or someone who they don't feel guilty about doing something to. Because right. they see him as that instead of just being a person, um, and I, I think that thematically really works. Um, and of course, it gets very dark as well because later on, he remembers the knife incident with the, the, the guy who worked for him, and they go to his house to question him. Uh, why he goes with the police to question him, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> different yeah. police procedures in Korea, perhaps. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but they go to the house, and the entire family's committed suicide. Uh, because they couldn't afford uh, he's got like three or four kids and they, they couldn't afford to live because he's not got his job and yeah. they're all dead except one kid one kid's still breathing and it's actually uh, Dong Jin who goes down and like, listens to him and tears. he's still breathing right. and you, you see him running down he's, he's got the kid in his back and he's running down in the rain and he's trying desperately to save this kid because maybe he can save him and it's the idea that he feels guilt for this that he's in some way responsible he didn't care about this guy's kid and right. now his kid's, you know, been kidnapped and killed, and you know no one else seems to care. So he, he's right. trying desperately to, to to be the one there to help. Um, yeah. And we see him because well, he's also under the, the frame of mind like he doesn't know that Ryu was gonna drop the kid back off after they buried the sister, you know. So mm. it looks like they got the ransom, and then, you know, 
just no, after. It, it looks more vicious than, uh, at yeah. first than it is. That, but that's the thing, though. By the end of the film, he knows this. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, just to skip ahead, when he gets him in the water at the end, because he takes him back out to where she died to kill him, yeah. he uh, he says, I know you're not a bad person, but you understand why I have to do this. I have to do this, yeah. Um, because at that, by that point in the movie, he obviously, I think he believes him when he says, when, when Ryu says it wasn't intentional, we didn't mean for it to happen. I think he's seen enough evidence and he just believes him that he's like, yeah, no, I, I believe you, but this has to happen. Right. And I think because he understands that all the extreme things he did uh, to try and get a kidney and then that put him in this hard bit of luck that led to his sister, um, I think he understands that he, he isn't partly, he understands why he's partly responsible in a way, even if it wasn't his choice, even if it was not vindictive or anything like that, but he understands why right. he, played, he played a part in it. Um but again, it's this idea that, again, violence begets violence. This leads to uh, Dong Jin wanting revenge and hunting both the girlfriend yeah. and him down. Well, yeah, and then he falls into the kind of same cycle as, as Ryu. Mm. You know, they're both they're, they're parallel characters. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's mindset on the one thing. He doesn't care what else he does uh, yeah. to get there. Um, and there's, there's a lot of great tense scenes of, like, you know... And it was actually talking about them marrying each other. There's a scene where they're both yeah. waiting at each other's places. They're both waiting at each other's houses yep. for them to show up. And just to make it clear how similar they both are in their vengeance. Because at this point, by this point as well, uh, Dong Jin's killed the girlfriend. He's actually went to yeah. the girlfriend and he's, he's basically tortured and electrocuted her uh, for information. Mm-hmm. And he's killed her. Uh, and... You know, Again, it's really absurd. You know, she she already ordered takeout food, and it arrives, and he's eating it in front of her. And she's actually because she's been electrocuted, she starts, you know, the, the, her, her piss basically starts like flowing down right. the floor. And he takes the sheet that was over her head, puts it on the floor, and then when she wakes up a bit and starts talking, he puts that same sheet back over her head. And through all this, he's eating her food. It's again, it's right. very absurd, but it's very like he doesn't care. He just wants his information. He's just hell bent on the one thing. His mind is set. Yeah. Uh, just like how Ryu was set in saving his sister. But once she's dead, mm-hmm. and by the way, like uh, one of my favourite moments in the film is that uh, Ryu comes back to her place and all the police are there, there's an ambulance there, there's you know, everyone's here to like, you know, deal mm-hmm. with the crime scene. Um She's been taken into the elevator and the the, the stretcher, like the, ele- the elevator's not big enough for the stretcher mm-hmm. to be in, and he's in the elevator kinda of by chance. They have to put the stretcher up against the back of the, the elevator wall so it can fit with everyone else. And mm-hmm. the sheet kind of falls down. And he sees it's her because I think he's, he suspects it, obviously. But he, this is right. where he sees her, and no one else in the elevator knows that it's, knows that it's him, and knows that um, they're they're you know they're connected in some they're way. Together. And he actually mm-hmm. just there's just that 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 still shot where he's looking over. He's got the cap on, and he's just kind of looking over, and he's staring at her. And I love just he is feeling such intense emotions, but no one else in the room is even noticing. Right. Which again is kind of like a, a, almost a representation of the entire film that. He yeah. is feeling this intense thing. His sister's dying. He needs to get her help, and no one mm-hmm. else cares. That is this scene in a, in a nutshell in the elevator. It's beautiful, uh, and he even holds her hand as well. But no one's, you know, yeah. just sort of slyly, he kind of holds her hand a little mm-hmm. bit. It's very sad, and this makes him want revenge on Dong Jin again. Cycle. We're back to the cycle. Yeah. Um. And it just so happens that Dong Jin is the one who gets the one up on him, and you know, yeah. he, he rigs his door to so he'd be electrocuted when he goes to open it. Because uh, they actually they set up that he started off as an engineer. He, he he's good yeah. with this with his hands. He can do this kind right. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's really neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his actual death, by the way, uh, is really like cringeworthy because he takes him out to to the lake and he goes yep. under the water 
uh, and cuts the back of his ankles, and you see him like bleeding out from the back of his ankles. Which, by the way, just being cutting the back of your ankles is like, oh, yeah, it's the Achilles tendon. It's yeah. and from what I've heard, that's one of the most painful things when that goes. There's like no other pain like it. From you know, it looks it and, looks painful. <laughs> yeah, and so and the fact that he's in the water, so he can still kind of support himself, but not really even add to that. You know, like he's yeah, he's being obviously stand. He's bleeding out, but eventually he's going to be able to not stand and he'll drown. Uh, right. That's kind of the idea. It's to make him yeah. feel helpless. Uh, that's the exactly the idea, uh, and it's it's really it's really great. But again. Yeah. There's consequences. Everything that happens in this movie has consequences. And you don't really believe her at the time, but his girlfriend, when she's being tortured, she says, hey, I'm part of this like terrorist group, and if anything happens to me, they will kill you. And it sounds it sounds like she's bluffing, because the way she says it, it's like, they'll yeah. kill you, absolutely, 100%. The way she phrases it, it sounds like she's bluffing. Yeah. Well, and throughout the whole movie, you see her holding that, like, she's passing out, like, anti-capitalist propaganda. Yeah. And... You know, so you're like, okay, well, she's already an odd duck as it is. Is she just buffing? Because we haven't heard about this group really any other time. Yeah, but at the end of the movie, they all drive up in the cars and they come out. And there's like a thematic thing where she's smoking the entire movie. um, And then like all these guys who come out the car are all smoking uh, kind of in the same way, if that makes any sense. But they are. well, yeah, but it associates her with them. Yeah, it's just a little link, just to sort of let you know. Uh, they make it very clear, of course, you hear a little bit of the, the dialogue from earlier where she says, uh, if anything happens to me, they'll come after you. Uh, yeah. And it's and they, they come after him with knives, like it's like three of them just like sort of surround him and stab him, and he tries to fight them off. And again, this is what makes it thematically call back to that earlier knife attack with the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the disgruntled worker, is that he actually tries to grab the knife at one point, and it's with, with the other hand, he gets it slit. So again, much like before actions that he did have led to someone coming at him with a knife uh, and, I, and I, I, I like that thematic link that again it's his actions that have led to this um, and he kind of, he's looking down at his hand and you see, you see the, sort of the, the, the scar of the, the, the first one and then in this hand it's actually got the, the fresh cut and it's like oh it's happened again yeah. I really like that it's really good stuff yeah, um, and you know he, he's left there dying with a message like stabbed oh. into his chest yeah, that was pretty brutal, and and it's at the same place, right? Because that's where he's he. It looks like he was just dismembering Ryu's body. Yeah, and no, yeah. It's right out. It's right outside that lake or river, whatever that was, and it's kind of poetic at the end that Ryu and his sister rejoined at that spot. You know. Yeah, no, yeah. it is, and um, I kind of, I again, I like the uh, just the idea of consequences because, like, mm-hmm. everyone who who acts inappropriately in this film gets consequences because the girlfriend is the one who actually talks him into doing revet, doing the kidnapping yeah. and yeah. she gets consequences but Dong Zhen falls off the, the high horse if you will if you want to even call it that yeah. but he participates in revenge he gets consequences it's like if you fall down this path it just leads to hell like yeah. it just leads it only, to yeah it only leads to heartache yeah you know and um, and even even the black market group Ryu gets his exactly. revenge on yeah. him. Yeah, they, 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 he shows what, up. Oh man, yeah, I really what, like that part. For what they did, they get they, they get their comeuppance. They get their revenge, and they, they, we see that they're just just deplorable characters. Like not all of them yeah. stealing kidneys. Uh, apparently, if the, if the if the if the subject it happens to be female, the two brothers because yep. it's like a mum and two kids. Uh, and I say yeah. kids, they're you know they're, they're adults, but the you know uh, they, they're the ones who do this. And if it's a, if it happens to be a woman, they'll they'll rape the woman when she's unconscious. Yeah. 
because there's yeah. a and you don't even realize what he's talking about because we see him go back in and he's he's went and got like a an ice cream cake but but in like a frozen container which is presumably for the organ they're going to take and. Yep. He comes in, he's like, hey, you said I could go first. And that's when Ryu attacks with a baseball bat because he's followed him back to the other place. But when he comes yeah. in, the, the other brother is just like, he's got his pants down and he's the, 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 the woman's naked yeah. on the table. And it's like, Jesus Christ, what did they do to him when he was unconscious? Like Exactly. Like, exactly. And then you see Ryu out of batting cage out different parts of the movie. And, you know, mm. so it sets that up that he knows how to swing a bat. And then... Even when, when he deals with this family and the police show up, they're just like, this couldn't have been one guy. Like, the, the size of these guys, and, you know, three on one, it just doesn't make sense. But we know because we saw it that he took him out. And just the one guy that – so he, he stabs the one dude in the jugular, basically, and then goes and grabs Wait, the other brother. With a screwdriver. I want to point out, it was a screwdriver he stabbed him with. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so it's in there, and the mom's like, "You can't touch it. You can't pull it out because it's an artery. If you do it, that that's it." But as this guy's, you know, worrying about his neck, Ryu goes and grabs the other brother that he's already beaten half to death, and proceeds to just smash his head in with the bat in front of these two. And well, that's and, yeah, the thing. It, it's not, so not, brutal. That's the thing. It's not. It's not even just strictly revenge for stealing his kidney. It's it's revenge because they set this whole thing into. He blames yeah. them for the girl's death because if they hadn't right. done this to him, he wouldn't have went and kidnapped the girl. And right. that that's obviously like, uh, you know, that that's him transferring blame of something that. Yeah. I mean, well, like, of course. Sure. Yeah. It was a domino effect, but like you you still made the choice afterwards. Well, yeah, and, and, and to him, it's more righteous because they are the legit bad guys. You know, oh, like yeah, he's yeah. he is writing like. If if fate was getting him back with the drowning of the girl, then this is him trying to recourse correct by taking these guys out. Yeah, you know. So. Obviously, we see how there's sympathy in both sides of the the main two yeah. characters. Uh, there's no sympathy for these characters. These characters are not. No. These are just awful people. <laughs> You're not against this. This is a. Uh, oh, you cheer it. This is kind of painting Ryu as maybe being able to fight off uh, Dong Jin. Uh, they're both seen as capable of what they're doing. But ultimately, Dong Jin uh, is the smarter one and, and wins because he, he sets a trap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, and I, that's what I was going to say earlier on, actually, when I was mentioning the scene where they're both staking out the other person's place. At yeah. one point, uh, Dong Jin like, sort of like cracks his neck and it, it cuts mid-crack to Ryu also cracking his neck. Like They're both doing the exact same thing. Uh, they're the yeah. same in a lot of ways. And it's, I think it, it, that dichotomy is really played with uh, in the second half of the movie. Um but you know, and I love the little touches. I love uh, like the guilt from Ryu. I love that there's a couple of moments where we're not focusing on him, but we we see him at the hospital uh, when the, when the girl's getting cremated. We see him around because he cares. He's listening. He wants to know, yeah. like you know, the the, the outcomes of these things. Um, and I think in his mind, like if he gets revenge on the kidney, you know, the kidney Please. nappers, the kidney nappers, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the kidney kidnappers. Uh, if he gets revenge on them, like that'll not right the wrongs, but that old yeah. As you no. say, he, he thinks that's the just thing to do. Um, right. Uh, but yeah. Well, it goes back to to Batman Begins and Justice versus Vengeance, right? What's mm. the difference? You know that they seem parallel, but really they're not. So, and and Ryu and Dong Jin learned that the the hard way. Yeah, but that's that's the sad thing though. I I don't think he cares. By the end of the movie, I think he's accepting yeah. that he's dying for it. Yeah. You know, he has to do it. It goes back to that 
that emotion. Um, and I think that's what the movie does really well, is that you completely buy into why both of them are doing what they're doing. Uh, f- you know, what Once the vengeance really comes into play, you understand the motivations of both characters. Uh, and it, it works. Uh, and it's, you know... Yeah, because uh, I think, you know, Dong Jin kind of tries to accept his part in maybe why some things are happening. Uh, but ultimately, he kind of shuns that. Because at the end of the movie, he gets a phone call from the hospital and they're like, oh, the, the, the kid who was here, he, he died. Uh, and they, they, they've been thinking all movie, oh, are you the kid's father? Because you brought him in. Yeah. And when they say he's died, dead, instead of like going to the hospital and saying, I'll take care of this, he just says, you got the wrong number, and he hangs up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it feels cold. It feels really cold, because mm-hmm. uh, he's got... Well, he's resigned to his fate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he's... Like you know, it's like well I I don't care anymore it's it's you know it's it's well it was it was almost as if that was his attempt to do good and it and it backfired whereas Ryu's attempt to do good is successful you know uh, well no, because up, the way I see it is a it's a it's a it's a thematic consequence because he went through with his revenge because he went down the dark path yeah. the kid died. Which I don't, logically that does no they're not related but I think thematically no. that's yeah. the because he didn't do good, because he... Because I, I think in the second half of the movie, that is the dichotomy for his character, where he is helping the kid, he's doing the right thing by this kid by trying to help and paying for his hospital right. bills. Um, but he he takes the dark path instead. Like, he, he almost does the right thing, but he goes down the dark path, he makes, the, again, the wrong choice to go down the path of vengeance, and because of that, the consequence, other than his direct death by the, the hands of the, <laughs> the, the terrorist organisation... Yeah, because he went down the dark path, the karma then comes into play, and the the child's dead. Because that that was the hope. That was it. Was almost like his uh, his conscience was on life support with the child. Right. Like like right. his good intentions were on life support with the kid, and they died with the kid because he went through with the revenge, and he's lost himself because of that. Uh, he's lost yeah. his innocence, uh, just like Ryu had. Uh, and then, then he dies. So yeah, it's a very tragic film. Everyone, like, all of our main characters die. All of our main characters die yep. in very vicious ways. Um, and yeah, and it starts with good intentions and childlike innocence, and it is slowly stripped away uh, throughout the film. Uh, but if it's not clear, I love this a lot. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. <laughs> because uh, another little point I like just to show how much. Um, Dong Jin's changed when they go to the the autopsy of the girl, and you don't, you don't see much of it. But he's, they're in the, the they're in the morgue, and yeah, and he's watching it, and he's really uncomfortable. He's looking away, he's fidgeting. He really tell that he he is distraught about this. But when he finds the sister, because he he finds the sister's body uh, in the rocks, and then it cuts to a scene in the morgue where they're doing an autopsy on her, and he's just staring yep. intently. He is not uncomfortable. He is just fixated right. on what is happening, what is going on, who is she? Tell me what you can. And it just mm-hmm. it shows you how much he's changed from that first autopsy to that second autopsy because his, his entire demeanor has changed uh, yeah. between the two scenes. Uh, so again, there's, just, there's a lot of little touches like that. There's a lot of little beats and scenes uh, that just it play into what the characters are, are going through. And, and then just simple things. Like, like I said, at the start of the movie, Ryu helps the, uh, the homeless man. And then halfway through the movie, after the girls died, at one point it cuts back to that homeless man sitting in the same... Uh, the same like sort of like it's like it's an old sofa that's just been disregarded on the side of yeah. the road, um, and he's sitting there with his pants down, and there's no one there to help him. He's just there on his own, 
and then if I even just to get really symbolic, it cuts to like uh, there's actually the the couch has been there so long that there's there's like little flowers growing out the back of the cushions, and I just again I like there's like a little pretty flower, and I just thought oh that's like a nice little uh, like you know Ryu was that flower, but now he's right. not there anymore. I just like I really I don't know there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff there like but both these men were forces for good in some way, and they could have been. Uh, and but they chose the path of vengeance. They, they chose the path of violence, and it it literally accomplished nothing but more death and pain. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean that that's what I picked up on it, and that's. Yeah. But I mean, just the whole second part. That's what really, you know, what I enjoyed was the dichotomy of the characters, was seeing their parallel journeys and knowing like. They're only gonna one up each other. Like one thing's only gonna lead to another bad thing, as as Don Jen's going after the girlfriend, and then, you know, how is Ryu gonna retaliate for that now? You know, and and it goes in a little bit different direction than I was expecting, but that that's what resonated with me was their their story, how it kind of is intertwined. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to, do you want to rate the film then? Are we are we wrapping yeah, up? Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, wait, go on then. You read. You, you read it first. Yeah. 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 So I mean, you know, I, I had problems with this movie, and I don't think it's bad, but I didn't enjoy it either. So it's it's a six uh, out of me. Okay. Uh, straight nine for me. Uh, <laughs> I love the film. I, I think it's it's funny because Old Boy's the one that gets all the praise. Old Boy's the one that everyone talks yeah. about, and I love Old Boy, and I do think Old Boy is an even better movie. But and I saw Old Boy first, and I think most people probably see Old Boy first because it's the yeah. one that everyone hears about. But then once you see, you go, oh, what's this guy's other films? Oh, it's, it's part of a kind of a trilogy, well, thematically speaking. Well, yeah. Now, now I have to finish the trilogy. With, yeah, with watch Lady Vengeance, uh, and I think, but I think because of that, this one kind of gets overlooked a little bit, and I, I think it's a crying shame because I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's a a beautifully made film. It is very confident. It's very intentional, uh, like paced. It bounces around sort of the dark, absurd humor of the of what's going on. It, it, you know, it's not it's not afraid to go. Yeah, this guy's trying to like you know get a kidney for his sister on the black market. This is kind of absurd. Let's treat it with a bit of absurdity. But you always feel the emotion in the scenes as it's doing it, and you you feel the the intentions behind it. And for me, it creates this wonderful concoct concoction of like conflicting emotions that work really well. Uh, I, I think that's actually. One of the things that I love about foreign films is I feel like there's, there's certain tones and vibes that I think mainstream like US films just never... I mean, they could, probably could pull it off if they really tried, but they don't. Like They, mm. they, they go for different things, and that's fine, but uh, it makes it, yeah. it, it gives it that... Beyond just having a different language and in different locations, it, it really is what makes it feel well, like, unique and different. It has, yeah, it has a different texture to it. Yeah. You know? Um so no, uh, I I highly highly praise *Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance*. I love it a lot. So, uh, but that's been overload, uh, which was slightly late this month actually. Matt had to track down the copy. It took a little bit longer than uh, usual. Yeah, this was this was tough to to, yeah. to find, but I found it and I watched it, and that's what's important. Uh, which means actually the 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 vote. Uh, I've not actually checked, but the, the the voting for the next overload will already be finished. Uh, the options for that were um, *Chef* from you. Yeah. Uh, and I put in a classic, uh, something very different, Matt. You'll be happy to hear. Uh, I put in "Witness for the Prosecution," which is a. a oh, really good! Old... I've I've already seen that. Oh, oh, excellent! So, I, I assume you liked Totten. it then. Yeah, well, yeah. well, we'll get there. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll get there. Wins. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I, I I have a story that I well, can. Well, we may get there. We'll see how the vote went. 
but uh, yeah, that's actually one of the things that are changing about Overload. Uh, it's a very simple little change, but um, basically it was getting really difficult to try and find movies that the other person hadn't seen. Yeah. So it'll just be movies we love that we pick, and then the other person might not have seen them, and that's okay. Uh, just, yeah, just... although I do have a list of certain things that Pete hasn't seen, so going forward now, that I, I can still... You know, actually, that, that's worth mentioning. Matt was actually almost... He, he didn't know that we did Mean Girls on Influx and oh. that it was a vault pick. Because oh, he, he was like, that was going to be one of my Overload picks. And yeah. basically... Um, but that's the thing, though. Our, our patrons picked it. They, they, they like Multiple people put yeah, it in the vault. And I did not know that. So. It, I didn't know it was a vault movie. It looked like it was just a movie that Connor bullied you into watching. No, 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 no. I relatively enjoyed it, Matt. So. That's... Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. So what can you say? I mean, it's still, it's, oh, this, this should I, uh, we should we should do a a, a remake of it uh, called Sympathy for because <laughs> there's a there's a revenge element to that movie. There's definitely <laughs> there's a very big revenge element. Yeah. I've never seen it in the theater, and the theater gasped, and I will never forget that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. oh dear. Um, but yeah, so um, that that is sympathy for Mister Vengeance. Uh, by all means, let us know what you thought of it in the in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on Twitter's at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, if you want to support the channel, uh, of course, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. There's a link in the description. We mentioned that at the start. Of course, that's how they, these episodes happen. Our patrons vote between the two movies uh, that we pick, uh, one of which we love. Uh, and yeah, so that is uh, this month's episode. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. And we'll see you next time.